and welcome to the Cult Cinema Circle podcast. My name is Jesse, and I'll be your host. So today we're going to be doing our What I Watched for the month of August of 2023. So I will start off right now that I believe this list might be a little bit uh, shorter than most. Um, I did watch a couple different things in this month, but I've kind of just been, I don't know, tired and, you know, doing other things, watching TV shows a little bit. I guess I could start with that a little. So I've been, um, as I said before, I did want to kind of watch some of Buffy. I did finish the first season of that and it was okay. It was fine. Um, uh, and I'm on the beginning of the second season. I haven't really been watching it a whole lot because I had a whole other show kind of take over. But um, but I will get back on the Buffy train because you want to watch it. And, you know, it's a horror show and why the hell not, you know. But uh, what has mostly taken over my life, and I did put a story on Instagram about it, is um, I have been sucked into the vast pit that is Degrassi The Next Generation. And I have been watching that uh, for like the rest of this month. I started kind of in the middle or like near the end of August, I guess. Um, Now, for those who don't know, Degrassi, The Next Generation is a show that premiered in 2001. It's a pretty much re it's a reboot of uh, a Canadian show that's been around for a long time. And so this show lasted from 2001 to about 2015 or something like that. It was on for 14 seasons. Uh, So it's kind of a cornerstone of um, teen soap operas, if you will. But uh, I have uh, got to the third season at this point. I have been watching some of that. Um, So it's kind of nice because like they're only like 22 minute episodes. So you can get through stuff really quick, which is nice. Um, and depending on how you want to do it, you can sometimes watch them out of order. Um, although, obviously, they kind of build on each other. You know, things happen in other episodes that affect other episodes. So, whatever. Anyway. But that's what I've been doing on the TV front. I was also watching, like, random, like, things of, like... I watched, like, a couple episodes of Queer's Folk, the old one. That was kind of interesting. And then, uh, yeah, it's been really weird, like watching stuff but anyway that's what i've been doing on the tv front and then in um movies you know i i was watching a couple different things this month uh for the pod and all that but i also uh wanted to watch some things that i didn't get around to so you know i'm finally doing that Uh, but we'll start off with the first thing i watched in the month which was a little movie called pumpkin from 2002 now this movie it was uh it's about a girl named carolyn played by christina rishi um she's a sorority girl and her sorority sisters set their sights on the sorority of the year award and coaching um challenged athletes in is their ticket to the trophy but when the queen of formals find herself um Mentoring Pumpkin, a disabled athlete, their two worlds collide. So for me, this movie, I gave it a three. And I think it was fine. Um, I'm not exactly sure what this movie is going for, though. Uh, It's kind of a weird mix of like, I don't even know, man. Uh, Like, (laughs) some some, uh, reviews on Letterboxd have said like that it is sort of like a... (laughs) <laughs> kind of like a weird, like, John Waters movie, you know, but not by him, obviously. I don't know, like, just, uh, it's about people who have mental and physical handicaps. Uh, Christina Ricci is pretty much a part of the sorority that is, like, challenging these, uh, or is doing these, uh, sorry, these they're doing these, like, 
this coaching for these uh, challenged people, mentally, physically challenged people or whatever. I don't know. I, I think it was like a watered down John Waters movie or something. Um, it does have the Queen of Melodrama in it, Brenda Blethyn, who we'll get to her in a minute. But uh, so that was nice. But overall, I mean, I give it a three. I'd probably give it like a two and a half or something. I mean, I don't know. It was on Tubi and I had heard of it and I, I wanted to, you know, get around to watching it. But uh, you can take it or leave it. Honestly, I'm not like that interested in it. But, you know, if you're a Christina Ricci person, you know, go go watch it, I guess. Right. The next movie I watched after that was actually The Burning from 1981, um, which is a horror movie of the 80s. Uh, This is about a caretaker at a summer camp who was burned in a prank that went wrong after several years of intensive treatment at the hospital. He's released back to society, albeit missing some social skills. And what follows is a bloody killing spree with the caretaker making his way back to his old stomping ground to confront one of the youths that accidentally burned him. Um, So... First and foremost, this movie is a uh, a Weinstein movie because it was, you know, made by them pretty much. It wasn't directed by them, but it was like, I think, written by one of them. Like, I think Harvey had the story and Bob and Harvey are a part of it. So, ew, gross. But other than that, though, I mean, I think it actually is, if you take that out of the equation, it is actually a fairly decent 80s horror movie. Like, it wasn't bad. It has enough cheese in it, but I also think, like, it does have, like, uh, a level of, you know, horror, especially for the 80s, that I think is really kind of fun. You know, Tom Savini is in the... um, the special effects chair for this and you got a lot of like, people like uh, early roles for jason alexander and uh, brian backer from fast times at ridgemont high holly hunter is in like a little role here like you know it, it's a kind of a big thing so it's cool to be able to see these people in their early roles in the 80s and all that kind of stuff and i do think it's a decent little movie and um i was i wanted to get around to it because i i thought why not so yeah. So definitely give it a watch. It was on um it was on Shudder when I watched it. I don't think I don't think it might be on there anymore, but if it's still on there, catch it. But you can find it every so often. Um so I would definitely give it a give it a watch for sure. Um the next day after that I watched uh a little documentary on Netflix. It's called Pamela A Love Story. This is about Pamela Anderson. Uh, it's a documentary kind of chronicling her life. And also it's from her perspective. Um, she talks about things like, you know, the Pam and Tommy series that was on Hulu and what she thought of it. Um, and just kind of her life in general, you know, of course, talking about that whole, um, that whole scandal with the sex tape and everything. And yeah, it's in her own words through personal video and diaries. Uh, Pamela Anderson shares this story of her rise to fame, her Rocky romances and her infamous sexscape scandal. Um, and I just said that I love you, Pamela Anderson. I gave this a four stars and I gave it a heart. I think that this movie really, I don't know. It's interesting. Cause like she starts off with it and she was um, married to some guy and then they divorce like throughout the documentary. Like it, she ends up, she ends up um, getting separated and divorced from him, and then she ends up going and doing uh, Chicago, which is kind of fun. But uh, but yeah, I, I just think this is a really interesting film, and it gives me an uh, appreciation for Pamela Anderson that not that I didn't have it before, but I think she is. Uh, I think she knows exactly what she's doing, and she is completely aware of her own self. And I love her; like she's just so cool. And um, 
She seems like a good mom to her boys and just, you know, I'm, it makes you feel bad that this whole thing happened with her sex tape and, um, it makes you like not want to watch it ever. Cause I mean, I'm not going to lie. I definitely have seen it. Of course. A lot of people have, but now I'm kind of like, I don't think I want to watch that because it's just, just knowing that it hurts her and it just is really something that's a sore subject for her, but She's had to get over and be able to move past from it, but it's still hard. It's still a sore subject, I feel like, Um, which didn't help that they made that whole TV series and everything. And they didn't come to her about it or anything like that. Nothing. So it's just anyway. But yeah, I I thought it was a decent little documentary and I I enjoyed it. And then the next day after that, I watched a little movie that was on, uh, I think it was on Stars at the time, but it is uh, Private Parts from 1997. If you don't know what Private Parts is, uh, this is another movie directed by Betty Thomas uh, from the Brady Bunch movie, but also it is uh, the life and times of Howard Stern. So it's pretty much his like, yeah, it's like his literal story of how he came to be um, from his childhood to his early radio career and then uh, to around the time where he was, you know, uh, in doing this in 97, I guess. Um, so it's an autobiographical story of Howard Stern, the radio rebel, who is also now a TV personality, an author and a movie star. Um, so, yeah, I mean, it was and he's in it. Of course, he plays like. Uh, he plays like the young adult slash adult, uh, Howard Stern, of course. Uh, but yeah, and like Robin's in it and a couple different people who are in the, the Stern world, but I don't know. I, I think I liked it. I gave it a three and a half and I gave it a little heart. I enjoyed it cause I'm not much of a Howard Stern person anyway, but I do, I do like that. I don't know. This movie's really interesting, and and Howard Stern, I think, has always been really kind of misunderstood for a long time. And really, I think he's just some like radio geek from you know New York, and he just like has been able to make a million upon millions of dollars career out of this. But you know, I think it's so cool. And he also had to go through a lot too. You know, he's had to go through. I mean, just being what he wanted to be on the radio and and being this outlandish person. um, And it's all, I think a lot of it is all an act, really, you know, especially his early kind of outlandish things. Like, it always, it's always been an act. He's a lot more smart than people give him credit for and have given him credit for. So, I don't know. I I, I liked it. I really enjoyed that movie. And and I thought it was a a good watch. You know, it's not for everybody, but I I think I I enjoyed it and I I liked seeing it. So for sure, for sure. Uh, Then I watched uh, back to Brenda Blethyn. (laughs) I watched a little movie called Secrets and Lies from 1996 because it was on HBO Max. Uh, This is a British movie. um, And it's about uh, with both of her adopted parents now dead, a black optometrist decides to make contact with her birth mother only to find out that she is white. Um, so that does kind of give away the story, if you will, but it is it's a Mike Lee movie. Um, and I gave this a four and I gave it a heart. I really liked this movie. Um I say in my review, I say this is a Marianne Jen Baptiste stand account because she's a goddamn great actress. Um, she plays uh, the kind of one of the main roles in this movie. Uh, she plays Hortense uh, and she's the black optometrist and Brenda Blethyn plays the mom who she finds out is her mom, pretty much um, Cynthia. Uh, and 
Yeah, I just thought it was good. And uh, this movie to me is a messy bitch that lives for drama and I live for it Um, because it is very much a it's a drama. I don't I I guess you could classify a melodrama sort of, but like I think it's a really good drama. Um, And I I think that, yeah, I don't don't know. I just there's something about it. I really liked and it had great actors in it. Like, I think everyone, it really brings their A game. Um, you know, Claire Rushbrook is in this movie with, who, those of you who don't know, she is from Spice World. <laughs> she plays Deborah. Um, but also, Timothy Spall is in this. He is Peter Pettigrew from um, the Harry Potter film series. But he is, he does a great dramatic role in this. And yeah, it's just like a really decent movie. And I really liked it. It was on HBO Max, whatever you want to call it. And um, I had, I had heard of it before and I, I found it on Max and I was like, all right, cool. Let me go watch it. And I'm thoroughly happy with it. Um, I think it's, again, it's very long too. And again, you know how I feel about long movies, but I, I uh, actually really enjoyed it. I thought it was pretty decent and I would, I'd probably watch it again, to be honest. Like I, I maybe not like right away, but I, I did enjoy it personally. So then the next movie I watched was on Hulu. It's uh, a movie with Emma Thompson uh, and it's called Good Luck to You, Leo Grand. So Nancy Stokes, who is played by Emma Thompson, uh, doesn't know good sex, whether it may be Nancy, um, a retired school teacher, is pretty much sure she's never had it. Um, but she's determined to finally do something about that. She even has a plan. It involves an anonymous hotel room and a young sex worker who calls himself Leo Grand. Um, so for me, this movie, I mean, I gave it a three on Letterboxd. To be honest, I might even give it a, like, a two and a half, kind of, for me at least. Like, I like Emma Thompson. I thought the guy who played, um, Leo Grand was perfectly good. Um, Daryl McCormick, I thought he was fine. Um, this movie overall, though, I mean, I, I don't know. I, I see where they're going with it, and and there is some cool stuff to that, I guess. Like, it's just about her, you know, trying to in, have sexual fulfillment and be able to, to have that. Um, and it's her journey for that. Uh, spoiler, I guess. The, the movie ends with her looking at herself naked in a mirror. Um, so you just see naked Emma Thompson. But, uh, you know, which is fine but it's like yeah i can see where they're going with it though but at the end of the day i i didn't love this movie or anything um again it's worth a fine watch if you want to you know and it's you know there's some like a little bit of nudity a little bit you know and like it's about like sex in a way and talking about the sex industry and all that kind of stuff but overall like i wasn't impressed that much um, but it was perfectly okay. You know, it wasn't, wasn't bad. It wasn't terrible, but I mean, you know, whatever you want to do with it. I, I just, you know, it was perfectly fine. It was a Hulu movie, you know? <laughs> um, then I watched, uh, well, for the podcast, I watched Night of the Creeps, uh, 1986. Uh, I already did an episode on it, but 
pretty much in 1959, a uh, alien experiment crashes to Earth and infects a fraternity member. They freeze the body, but in the modern day, two geeks pledging a fraternity accidentally thaw the corpse, which proceeds to then infect the campus with parasites that transform their hosts into killer zombies. Um, I mean, I did a whole episode on this, but I love this movie. I gave it a four. I, and a heart. I mean, I, I really enjoy it, and I think it is such a nice homage to these kind of B-movies from the 50s, and you can tell that Fred Decker, who's the director of this movie, and he also, I think, wrote it, um, you know, he's such a fan of this stuff, and I really appreciate that, and it, it's nice to see that. So I, I really... I mean, I have this on Blu-ray, the little director's cut that they have, and I just... I really enjoy this, especially as a horror fan. I think if you haven't seen Night of the Creeps, like definitely do yourself a favor and watch it. Um, I definitely think it's worth your time and, and it's enjoyable. Um, the next movie after I watched um, was I've referenced it before, um, but it is on Hulu still, so you could probably still watch it. Uh, but it's a documentary called The Orange Years, The Nickelodeon Story. Um, this is a journey behind the scenes of the Nickelodeon um, television network to chronicle its unprecedented success from its humble beginnings as a small local channel um, to its status as an international phenomenon that helped shape an entire generation of kids. Um, so, yeah, I mean, this movie, if you haven't seen it already, it really chronicles just like how this... Uh, uh, television show or television channel uh, started and just the history of it. So they talk about things like you can't do that on television, which kind of cemented what Nickelodeon would that become. But then also, you know, talking about like, you know, the uh, advent of Double Dare, you know, that show that, that they made the game show. But then also just shows like when they started doing like scripted TV, like with Hey Dude, for example, um, then going into like Clarissa explains it all and other scripted shows um, like that. But then also doing like things like the Nicktoons. Um, it's about like an hour and 40 minutes. And I think it's a very good documentary. I gave it a four, like I said, and um you know, I just, I really like it. And they got a lot of the people who are from the 90s Nickelodeon shows in this documentary. And it's really cool to see, you know, the people who worked on the shows, but also like the executives at Nickelodeon, a lot of the people who were, you know, a part of this. I just thought it was really, I thought it was dope. And uh, I really thought it was I thought it was great and be on the lookout because I am going to do probably some Nickelodeon content in the near, in the near future. Um, it will be happening at some point. Uh, but yeah, I mean, that's, that's what I watched and highly recommend it. I would watch it if you're a nineties Nickelodeon person or if you're ever interested in that. I, um, I do think they should do like a continuation of this. Cause I'd love to hear more about like some of the other shows that they made, but we'll have to see about that. Then I watched a little movie um, <laughs> called, you know, uh, Batman, Mask of the Phantasm. So, I mean, the, the reason for that was I've been talking to someone on Instagram. Um, what's up, Travis? Travis McMaster. Um, we've been talking on Instagram just about, you know, being queer and like, you know, my show and all that kind of stuff. Why not? Uh, yeah, if you DM me on Instagram, I'll probably talk to you. Um, but anyway, so, uh, but... Yeah, Travis is a fan of a lot of different movies, and um, they told me to, uh, you know, they were talking about uh, this movie, Batman Mask of the Phantasm, and like, you know, oh, would you watch, have you seen it, like, have you covered it in the show, or will you cover it, or any of that kind of stuff, and I'm like, all right, um, but I was like, okay, well, I'll take your word for it, like, I'll watch it, like, why not, you know, um, 
I don't have anything against Batman. I I haven't really so I my history with Batman is I have only really seen some of the I think I've seen like the the Batman be no wait. I think I saw one of the Christopher Nolan ones. Um but I mean, goddamn, I don't even remember really, to be honest. And then I watched like Batman and Robin when I was growing up and stuff, but I haven't seen a lot of those other Tim Burton ones, you know what I mean? Um there's like the weird Joel Schumacher one, and then there's like the Tim Burton ones <laughs> that he did. You know, things like that. But anyway, so yeah, Mask of the Phantasm though. So this is from Batman the Animated Series. It's kind of what like sorta was like a mid season like uh almost end of the series, if you will. Uh, but yeah, uh, Andrea Beaumont, uh, the story is she strolls back into town, um, rekindling an old romance with Bruce Wayne. Um, Andrea is played by Dana Delaney, her voice. And then Kevin Conroy, of course, rest in peace. He is Batman. Uh, at the same time, Batman is mistaken for a masked vigilante assassin who has begun systematically eliminating Gotham's crime bosses. Um, now on the run, Batman must solve the mystery while navigating his relationship with Andrea. Um, yeah, I mean, I liked this movie. I gave it a three and a half. Um, I, I have it on my list to watch Batman the Animated Series, which is an undertaking to say the least. Um, but I mean, you know, I, I would probably end up watching it. I mean, out of all of the the superheroes or whatever you want to call it or those types of whatever you want to call it, I guess, comic book people or like whatever. I mean, Batman is kind of like. I feel like is accessible for me and I could probably end up watching it, but we'll see. I've always been kind of an X-Men person, if you will. I, I have uh, seen a bunch of those movies and all that. And, um, boo, Brian Singer, boo, you know, but, uh, it's it's annoying because I'm just like, oh, some of those movies are like kind of okay. And then you think of Brian Singer and you just make, it just makes you sad. But anyway, so whatever, but yeah. Batman Mask of the Phantasm, I thought it was pretty good. Um, be on the lookout if ever I cover it, you know, so we'll we'll see how that goes. But uh, it was also released on Christmas. That's really fun, too. But yeah, I, I liked it, and I would probably watch um, other films of it. You know, I would watch other little animated movies. I know that they're, uh, they're out there, but yeah. And so then after that, I watched a little uh, documentary. I was on a documentary kick a little bit. Um, and I watched uh, American Grindhouse uh, from 2010. It was on Tubi, so I decided to watch it. Um, this documentary talks about the hidden history of the American exploitation film. So this digs deep into the often underlooked, overlooked um, category of U- uh, U.S. cinema and unearths the shameless and uh, occasionally shocking origins of this popular entertainment. I didn't have anything really to say about it. I didn't rate it or whatever, but yeah, it was really cool. I mean, if you're an exploitation kind of fan, I mean, I did do, um, you know, pink flamingos obviously. And I did like, uh, uh reefer madness technically is an exploitation film, I guess. But like, you know, I, I liked finding out more about exploitation as a, a genre and, um, I knew some of the stuff anyway, kind of, but it was really interesting to to get a different perspective on it as well. So I thought that was kind of cool, and you know why not? It was it was something to to kind of um, to kind of take in and and get some some history on that. So yeah, that's that's part of what I watched. Uh, then I watched. Um, a little movie called Bram Stoker's Dracula from 1992, because spoiler, I will be covering that at some point. Um, so. 
But this is from Francis Ford Coppola, one of the Coppolas, the kind of big one. Um, and I mean, it's Dracula. Like, so when Dracula leaves the captive, uh, Jonathan Harker and Transylvania for London in search of Mina Harker, the reincarnation of Dracula's long dead wife, um, Elisabetta, uh, obsessed vampire hunter, Dr. Van Helsing uh, sets out to end the madness. Um, so, I mean, I liked this movie. I gave it a three and a half. I was like very generous with the three and a half this month, but, uh, but yeah, I mean, I watched this, uh, I watched this on YouTube, um, cause I didn't want to rent it or whatever. I was just like, let me try and get on the, on the cheap. Uh, it's not streaming anywhere, but it'll probably stream in a couple months though. So, you know, be on the lookout for that. But anyway, but yeah, I, uh, yeah, I liked it though. I mean, like I've seen like the, the Hispanic, uh, the Mexican version of Dracula. It was uh, on Tubi last year. Watched that. And you know, I'm, I, I'm okay with vampires. It's not my favorite genre, but, um, this one I thought was actually pretty decent and i i would actually really like to see this in like uh like a 4k or something like you know higher quality obviously um because i do think this movie is so fucking weird and crazy and i can understand why gays like it in a way but yeah i mean it was definitely it was an experience to say the least um but yeah so that was that and then i watched a little movie um Oh, God. Like, okay, so this also comes from, like, a little bit of the Batman, but, like, not completely, though. But uh, I think it was because it was on Tubi, and I decided to watch it. Um, But I watched a little movie called Trojan War from 1997. Um, If you don't know what this movie is, it is a movie that stars Will Friedle. That's right. Eric from Boy Meets World. Uh, Jennifer Love Hewitt's in this movie as well, which they were actually dating, I think, at the time. This movie also has Marley Shelton in it. It has James Marsden's there for a minute. Eric Balfour's there a little bit. It's just all over the place, man. It's so weird. Like, oh my God. This movie is... um, Brad, played by Will Friedle. Um, he's about to hook up with the girl of his dreams, uh, who is played by Marley Shelton, but his, he runs into a problem, no condom. So Brad sets out uh, into the night to find one, running into many obstacles along the way, while not knowing his best friend Leah, played by Jennifer Love Hewitt, is in love with him. The classic teen movie, you know, trope, if you will. Um, I... <laughs> I will say in my note, I gave this a two and a half. Um, I also gave it a heart because I, I, I'm a sucker for Will Friedle. I, I think he's like uh, a very cute guy. Um, and also I think he's just like really cool. Like I just really like him. Um, so why not? But anyway, but uh, I did have to fast forward through a little bit because I was a little bored about this movie. But honestly, it's not the worst teen movie ever. Like... I don't know. It's not great. But, I mean, it's not like the worst one. You know what I mean? I think there's a little bit worse. Uh, but this one doesn't work either a ton, though. Um, it, it's fun fact, too. It also has like the film debut of Charlotte Ayana, also known as Liz Purr from Jawbreaker. That's really fun. But anyway, this movie also has the distinct honor of being a movie that literally only made about $309 at the box office. And I don't know exactly why. <laughs> I guess it was because it only really shot I really only showed it one theater, I think. And I don't know what exactly happened with this movie to, for that to happen. Um cuz to be honest, I feel like this movie, like I said, is not the worst teen movie ever. Um it's not a great one, but it's not terrible where I'd be like, oh, why did it only make $300? But there's always like more to that story when something like that happens. Um, 
But yeah, that this has the distinct honor of uh, being one of those types of films. Okay. <laughs> anyway. But then after this, um, I watched uh, Hard Candy from 2005 because it was on my Tubi watch list and it was going to go away. Because um, I started watching this and then I kind of lost it and then picked it back up. But Hard Candy um, is about Haley, played by Elliot Page, uh, before they transitioned. Um, and so uh, they are a smart, charming teenage girl, Jeff, played by Patrick Wilson. He is a handsome, smooth fashion photographer. And as internet chat, a coffee meetup, um, and an impromptu fashion shoot back at Jeff's place. Jeff thinks it's his lucky night, and he's in for a surprise. Um, so for anybody who doesn't know what Hard Candy is about, I mean, yeah, that's an understatement. I won't spoil it here, but, you know, go, go Google it. I don't know. But uh, I really liked this movie. I gave it a four out of five. I gave it a heart. Um, this movie is so crazy. Um, and it doesn't even have that big of a cast. It's literally these two, Sandra O's in it for like a few minutes. And there's like some other lady in it. Jennifer Rhodes, I think her name is. She comes in near the end. But, you know, this movie is so batshit and it's so good though. (laughs) I really liked it. And, um, oh my God, just like, uh. Everything about it was just, like, really good, and it's so cool to see someone like Elliot Page, um, who, of course, loved them from Juno, right? Because um, I really like that movie, but, like, seeing them, this is before Juno, and, I mean, they fucking kill it, dude. So, I, I really liked, I liked this movie a lot, actually. I thought it was really decent, and, um, yeah, I enjoyed it. Anyway... So then, uh, after that, I decided to watch a little movie um, that has just come on Shutter. It's called Bad Things from this year. Uh, it is a movie uh, done by Stuart Thorndike, uh, who is the person who did the movie Lyle with Gabby Hoffman, which is kind of like a retelling of uh, Rosemary's Baby in a way, kind of like a queer Rosemary's Baby. This is pretty much like a kind of queer take on something like The Shining. Um, so a weekend getaway for a few friends at a snowy hotel becomes a psychological tailspin and a bloody nightmare. Um, now, I mean, I will say this. I, I don't think I like this. I didn't like this a whole lot. Um, I gave it a one and I would maybe give it a one and a half. Like for me, I just didn't really care for this movie a ton. And unfortunately I think that's what a lot of other people kind of feel a bit too. Um, like, uh, yeah, I don't know. I just didn't really care that much about it. Um, I even said, I, I said it's a crime to waste Hari Neff like this, especially since I just saw her and, you know, the Barbie movie, it was awesome. Um, Molly Ringwald's in this movie too. Like, I don't know, man. Like I just was like, uh, I don't know. I, I, I maybe it's just me. I don't know. But like, I'm kind of tired of things being like referenced uh, f- from The Shining. You know what I mean? Um, I'm not the hugest Shining person ever, any- anyway. But I-, I don't know. I just don't think this movie worked for me. Um, I did have a, a I did have a conversation with uh, our girl Pickens from from the podcast, and um, he actually liked it. So you know, your mileage may vary, but for me, it was kind of a, a no for me, dog. So meh. Couldn't really get into it. 
Then after that, to cleanse my palate, um, I watched a little movie uh, called Little Monsters from 2019, and not the one with Hallie Mandel. Uh, this one is with Lupita Nyong'o. Um, this is a movie where a washed-up musician, played by Alexander English, I believe his name is, um, Alexander England, there you go, Um he teams up with a teacher, played by Miss Nyong'o, and a kid's show personality, played by Josh Gad, um, to protect young children from a sudden outbreak of zombies. Now, this is an Australian film. It's like a horror comedy film. And, you know, your mileage could vary on it, I guess. But for me, I love this movie. I give it a five when I, get, when I first reviewed it. I give it a four and a half now, but I still really like this movie. It has a great sense of humor with, like, the Australianness of it all. Um, I think Lupita Nyong'o is so good at this film. She does such a good job at just, like, commanding this classroom of kindergartners and her class, really. But, like, also, she's just so good. Oh, she's so good. I did write, I said, did this movie really just make me cry? And I said, you betcha, Iris. Because, listen, there was, like, just a part in the movie where I was just, like, I, it kind of almost, it pretty much made me cry. Um, so, damn you, little monsters, whatever. But, uh... I just think this movie is so fun. I like it. You can go into this, and if you're a horror fan, you want that blood and gore, like, all that kind of stuff. You're a zombie person. Girl, get into this. I really liked it, personally. Um, It doesn't give me, like, it's not, like, one cut of the dead or anything, but, I mean, that is also a great movie, too. Um, This one, for me, I also just really like. So, yeah, pull pull up on Little Monsters. Yeah. to be honest. And Girl That's Scary likes them. So uh, they like that movie too. So what, you know, if they like it, then, you know, that's, that's a good seal of approval in my book, you know? Anyway. So then I took a couple days from not watching things, um, uh, that are, that are movies. I, this might've been when I started my Degrassi watch, but, um, I watched a little movie called Freeway, which I just did an episode on. Um, partly this is because I was slacking a little bit and, uh, you know, I was a little behind um, actually doing this, but, you know, Freeway, don't have to talk too much about it. It's pretty much a fucked up version of Little Red Riding Hood uh, with Reese Witherspoon and Kiefer Sutherland at the uh, front of it. Um, And yeah, I mean, go watch, or no, go listen to my episode about it, I guess. But like, you know, I... I mean, I love Freeway. I gave it a four and I gave it like a heart. I really want to get my hands on the 4K of this um, because I think it's a decent film. You know, I I think uh, it's an interesting telling of a classic story. I think that it has some stuff to say, which I thought was really cool. And uh, I think the performances are like dope as fuck. So I was really into all of it. So I was down, you know, I, I really liked it and, you know, uh, it's so accessible to people like, you know, it's, it's everywhere. It's streaming everywhere. So I definitely recommend it all the time, (laughs) um, because I just think it's a a good movie and it's, you know, it's like a crime, dark comedy thing. But, uh, if you're into that, then go watch it, you know, like I, I would definitely recommend it for sure. Then I watched a uh, a movie that's very well known. Um, it was going off of the Criterion Channel because I watched something on the Criterion Channel almost every month. It seems like, but um, but it was going off of the channel, so I decided to watch it finally. And I watched a little movie called The Graduate from 1967, done by Mike Nichols. 
And this movie is Benjamin, a recent college graduate, played by a young Dustin Hoffman, is very worried about his future. He finds himself in a love triangle with an older woman, played by Anne Bancroft, and then uh, her younger daughter, uh, played by Catherine Ross. Um, So, I mean, okay, I will say this. Like, I gave this a three. Um, This is a perfectly fine film, you know what I mean? Like... I like the performances from Anne Bancroft, who plays Mrs. Robinson, and Catherine Ross, who plays her daughter, because of their, like, icons. I mean, Anne Bancroft won a goddamn Oscar, if I'm not mistaken, and Catherine Ross is a great actress, too. She's wonderful in the Stepford Wives original movie, and, um, you know, it's it's fine. It's perfectly okay. Like, it, you know... I did not care for Dustin Hoffman that much in this film, to be honest. Um, I didn't really care about his character. Also, fun little, like, um, <laughs> talking about Boy Meets World with uh, Will Friedle a little bit. William Daniels, or Bill Daniels, who is Mr. Feeney, he's in this movie um, as the dad of uh, Ben, played by Dustin Hoffman. But anyway, yeah, I mean, like, for me at least, it was fine. I mean... I don't think I'd watch it again, personally. Um, I get it can be influential. I understand kind of why that is. But for me, I was just like, okay, that's that's what we had. All right, cool, I guess. Um, but yeah, that, that's what I had to, to say about that. But but yeah, you know, your mileage will vary with it, I guess. But, you know, it was going off of Criterion, so I decided to watch it. <laughs> um but then I watched a little movie uh, the same day, actually. I think it was the weekend. Um, I watched, watched a little movie that was on HBO, um, Max. Uh, and it's called Shiva Baby from 2020, technically, I believe. This movie uh, stars Rachel Sennett as a girl named Danielle or Danny. Um, she's a college student who attends a family Shiva, um, where she is accosted by her relatives, outshined by her ex-girlfriend and face to face with her sugar daddy and his family. Um, so yeah, this is Rachel Sennett. It's like a early role for her. She's now been in like bodies, 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 and she's in the movie bottoms and all this. So she's having a moment, but, yeah, no, this movie I thought it was great. It was I gave it a four for me. I mean, this is definitely kind of like a an example of social or awkward cringe horror, if you will. Um, like, because this movie is not horror really, but it's anxiety inducing for a lot of folks and all that kind of stuff, which is cool. And um, I think that's kind of the horror of it. But yeah, and I mean, as somebody who's not a, a Jewish person, and I don't really know what. Uh, the culture, even though I worked at a Jewish hospital for a long, for a while. Um, but you know, uh, but I, I am not familiar that much with just the customs of Judaism and all that kind of stuff, but I thought it was really interesting. And I thought this movie was fairly successful in what it was trying to do. And I think it's also fairly accessible, um, as a film, um, you kind of get what the fuck's going on. And, and, um, even if you're not Jewish, obviously, I think you can still get something out of it. Um, and just understanding that, you know, this is like crazy and anxiety inducing for our main character and just how it can be a lot. Um, yeah. I don't know how to explain what a shiva is, but from what I can kind of gather, it's sort of an extended wake, if you will, after somebody has passed away um, and all of that. But yeah, it was on Max. I decided to watch it. So why not? Then I got um, then I decided to uh, turn to, um, you know, some of the, the 
pod friends. And um, I literally like, I think I messaged like Jackson or Pick and Pickens together. I was like, I was like, what should I do? Like, or no, sorry, what should I watch or whatever? I was like, because I couldn't think of anything. You know what I mean? Because um, I still wanted to watch something. And so Pickens came through and he told me a few things to watch. But uh, this was actually his suggestion. So thanks, girl. Um, it's a little movie called Coherence from 2013. That's what I watched next. Um, this is a movie where on the night of an ash astronomical anomaly eight friends at a dinner party experience a troubling chain of reality bending events um that's that is the least you could say about it there is so much to this film i mean i gave it a three and a half overall and a little heart um but i did like this this movie is very trippy and very mind fucky if you will um and i did think it was really good just know that if you watch this you may not completely understand what the fuck's going on to be honest but i was really fascinated by it and i just also really liked the the filmmaking of this film um you know it's not documentary style but it feels handheld in a way it just feels like really it feels fascinating to me i don't know i just thought it was i thought it was a good movie uh, it's not gonna be for everybody at all but it's a little sci-fi. It's a little like, you know, whatever the hell. But I did think it was an interesting movie to watch. And I- I'm glad I did. Um, and it has the distinct pleasure of also having a, a Buffy person in it. Uh, Nicholas Brendan, who played Xander, um, he is in this film as well. So he's kind of like the biggest the biggest name in it, I guess you could say. But uh, and I think all the actors do a really good job, too. So, yeah. But Coherence, that was a, a nice little last minute pick, if you will. But uh You know, I did that. Um, And then to close out the month, um, I watched a little movie on Disney Plus because why the hell not? And (laughs) I've been meaning to watch it because I wanted to listen to um, I wanted to listen to This Ends at Prom cover it on their show. It's an earlier episode of theirs. But uh, I watched Ice Princess from 2005 with Michelle Trachtenberg. (laughs) So this movie is about... um, Casey, played by Michelle Trachtenberg. So the help of her coach, played by Kim Cattrall, uh, her mom, played by Joan Cusack, and the boy who drives the Zamboni machine, played by um, Trevor Blumis, uh, nothing can stop Casey from realizing her dream of becoming a champion figure skater. And I liked this. I mean, I gave it a three and a half. Again, I was generous in the three and a halves. But no, I really liked this. I thought Joan Cusack, of course, I love her and everything, but... um. Yeah, I thought she did a good job as the mom, as Casey's mom. And it was just really fascinating to watch this movie. Hayden Panettiere is in it. Um, and there's some good there's some good people in it. I love Michelle Trachtenberg. I thought she was great in this film. Um, and, I mean, yeah, like, I, I think with this film in particular, it, it is kind of a weird little cult classic because the movie itself, I don't think, did very well financially. Um and I think there's some people who kind of panned it when it came out, but I, there are people who really do like this film and they appreciate it for what it is. Um, it's also low key feminist as hell, which is cool. But like, yeah, I just thought like, you know, that was, that was cool. That was interesting. But yeah, I, 
I ended up watching this and I, I liked it. I think like for somebody who hadn't watched this film before, nor would I really have a reason to, I guess, um, I am glad I, I did. And it was a nice little G-rated, you know, Disney movie just to end the month on, I guess. Uh, but yeah, I, I enjoyed it and I liked it. It does. It doesn't hold a candle to my Freaky Friday. I will say that. I'm sorry, but because I love Freaky Friday. But um but it's also perfectly fine in its own right too. It's from the same woman who wrote um, the Princess Diaries, which I also watched um, like last month. So you know, I I thought it was perfectly fine, and uh, it does its does its job, you know. But yeah, y'all, that's what I watched this month. That is exactly what I watched. So for September, I don't know what I'm planning to watch, really. I mean, of course, I got to see what's streaming and all that kind of good stuff. We got some good stuff, you know, playing on the show a little bit. I've done some pre-records, so I'm just going to have to edit some of those. Um, but I do have some content coming up for you. Um, and then we're only one month away from spooky season. Um, so, of course, October, I'm probably going to be doing, like, a horror movie a, mu- a day. Um, probably going to be doing that and, you know, that that'll be fucking crazy when I'm going to do my, what I watched in October. So that'll be fun. Uh, but yeah, but if you like what you hear, just keep giving a listen, listen to the rest of my back catalog for any episodes I've done. And, um, thank you so much for listening and I'll catch you next month.